We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it. Rocket can. Well, for people who have been listening to the show since we came on the air uh, almost a year, almost a year ago, uh, we are an Iron Eagle fan club that is just posing <laughs> as a sports talk radio show. And Iron Eagle, good enough to join us now. I and I'd go through the whole resume you have, but then the segment would be over. Um, can I just? I'll just do the cliff notes. Of course, NFL on CBS. Of course, CBS College Basketball. Of course, Thursday Night Football on Westwood One. The NBA on TNT. Been calling Nets games since the mid '90s and. Coming up in 2024, you'll be the voice of the Final Four. Wow. Thanks for doing this. Well, I, I feel I'm going to go up a notch this weekend when in the open for Jets Bills, we're just going to roll in your Halloween video. <laughs> and that's going to start the broadcast. And, and Perloff will be amazed sitting back. Going, oh, it's it's Maggie on CBS <laughs> in full Bill's Mafia garb. Listen, that's going to be next level. I and you don't have to roll in the video. I'll I'll show up in the costume if you if you need me. I'll be there. Um, yes. So look. you know we're so excited, obviously, uh, that you're going to be taking over for the final four once uh, Jim Nance steps aside. Obviously, we love Jim Nance. He did a phenomenal job. Uh, but like, what was the feeling when you got the news? I'm very excited, beyond excited, but also recognizing the the responsibility as well. Jim's been doing this 30 years. He's a legendary figure. He's been the soundtrack of this event for so long. And knowing that this means a lot to a lot of people. So on a personal level, of course, to do that extra weekend, to be a part of the Final Four, to be a part of those festivities, and to be a part of those memories, it, it goes without saying this is literally uh, something you dream about and, and to have it actually come to fruition is is pretty mind-boggling but jim's got one more in houston which i know is really emotional for him and then hopefully i'm just hoping guys that i can get bill raftery to come out of his shell <laughs> i don't think america has really seen any of the charm and personality that bill has to offer oh boy. i know there's so much meat left on the bone with that guy yeah. you know so if he much. could only just give more <laughs> i exactly do you have to when you think about the final four do you have to script a line towards the end i i, I think nance has said that he's done that before do you, i don't know if you have to do that with your current events but are you already nervous about oh man i have to deliver the line that will go down in history at the end of this event not to make you nervous <laughs> no pressure no, no of course not yeah I mean, why 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 would you go right there <laughs> that specific moment that it will come down to in front of millions of people yeah no no i, I think i, I in tens of millions least, i in tens of millions, tens of millions yeah. excuse me excuse me what, what i've noticed is that has not been as much of a focal point in in recent years as maybe it was prior and maybe just being short, sweet, simple, get to the point, and then let the pictures tell the story. That's that's really the mentality of the job, to be perfectly honest. You don't want to be bigger than the event. The event mm. is 
what everybody is tuning in for. And you hope to blend in and then, if you can, at times, uh, be a nice complement to what's happening on the court. And maybe the phraseology you use or the energy that you use can blend in with with what's happening, then that's that's the perfect marriage. So having done the event now for 25 years, obviously it's not like I'm just showing up and this is all new to me. How do I prepare? How do I get ready for it? It's become very much part of my year. And the, the obvious end result is being there for the championship. That's going to be the new experience of it. So you're saying if it's a buzzer beater at the end history, you don't want to have a really good pun or something like or Chris Bermanism for that <laughs> yeah. moment? I think, believe it or not, in those moments, sometimes the puns get lost because the <laughs> event is, is really what everybody's focused in on. Sometimes the puns tend to work better when the moment isn't as big. The moment should live on its own. And then sometimes if you can help push along a moment and enhance it, yeah, that's that's doing your job well and, and being ready for the moment. You know, I had one this past year in the NBA with John Morant, oh, the Memphis Grizzlies, so good. big dunk in the playoffs. And, you know, everybody asked me afterwards, uh, I called it a jawbreaker. Are you sitting on that? Is that years and years and years? Yeah, when the guy broke into the league, you think of his name and you think of all the possibilities. But the the hope is you have it in the right moment, with the right situation, and then everything just comes together. So for that particular game and that particular dunk, it happened to work. If I used it somewhere else or threw it in or forced it in, I'm not really sure it, it would have had any impact whatsoever. Man, for people listening to this, like, that's artistry. Because if you actually thought of Jawbreaker when he got into the league and did wait for the right moment and then, like, you know, unleashed it there, that is takes as much, like, uh, it says more to even your restraint to not just use it in some, you know, time that's less significant because that landed. I'm glad you brought that up, though, Ian, because Perloff and I were talking yesterday about this scandal that's going on in the comedian world right now. Are you aware of this, what's going on with James Corden and Ricky Gervais? Yeah, I did. I did see the video. Yeah. Okay, so... Stealing somebody's joke is like the highest sin. You know, the, it, that's that's the most mortal sin you could do in the in the comedian world. Would someone stealing Jawbreaker is that the equivalent for sports <laughs> broadcasters? Like, if someone did Rack Attack, would you be like, "How dare you"? No, that is my no, thing. I, no, I would not be offended. I, I, if anything, it would be the other way. <laughs> I, I would feel it was a compliment. You know, my dad was a stand-up comedian, and I traveled with him for years and watched him perform show after show after show after show and there were some times that i can recall that we discussed that particular aspect of the business somebody taking the essence of your joke or using a part of it but then changing it up just enough for deniability and it did it did tick off stand-up comedians rightfully so it's it's their it's their bit it's their personal property it, it's their shtick and i can see how how that can can have an impact and clearly in in no joking terms whatsoever the world we live in now because everything is recorded everything is there for people to see again and again and again so i think we probably cut down on that more and more than in the past but it still rears its ugly head robin williams who was a brilliant comedian basically acknowledged that 
he would take people's jokes. He would go to small comedy clubs and he'd hear something and then he would do his own riff on it. And if somebody went up to him and said, hey, you took my joke, he'd say, all right, I got I got like 75 bucks here. I'll just. I'll just <laughs> <laughs> this is how I can make it right. Can I buy you a beer? Can I buy you a case of beer? Uh, right. Anything. Ian Eagle is joining us. Uh, of course, he's going to start calling the final four in the championship game starting in 2024 for CBS. But it needs, does so much more than that. Uh, more college basketball on CBS, the NFL on CBS, the NFL on Westwood One, the NBA on TNT, as well as the Nets. And, you know, Ian, this is like your busiest time of year or one of them. So we definitely appreciate you doing this. Obviously, the Nets are the story in basketball right now for all the wrong reasons. What's like the vibe around the team from your point of view? It's really messy. It's uh, one of those things that has spun out of control, and I'm not sure that any of the powers that be thought it would get to this stage. You know, the, the most recent meeting with the media, Kyrie Irving, it didn't help matters. If anything, it may have made it worse. It looked like yesterday, late last night, Maybe there was a positive move in the offing with Kyrie and the Nets putting out a statement together, donating money, and recognizing, acknowledging that something took place. But the acknowledgement has been one thing. The apology has been a different issue entirely. Look, the, the bottom line, nobody in this world is beyond reproach for every action there is a reaction, and I think that's where this has gotten a little bit muffled, that Kyrie doesn't understand why there has been the reaction that there's been. You can be highly intelligent. You can be highly articulate. You could be well-read. You could be highly educated, and you could still be misguided and wrong in the statements that you make. So... I recognize free speech. It just doesn't mean that you're free of any pushback. Uh, and I think that's what Kyrie is is uh, dealing with right now. Uh, the fact of the matter is it hurt a lot of people, and uh, there is yet to be an apology. And I think the timeline here has been really interesting. All of this took place over the weekend. I I believe the NBA allowed the Nets to try to take care of this in-house to meet with Kyrie, to have a deeper dialogue and discussion. And that never really happened. Kyrie sent his uh, stepmom, who's his agent, and his father to that discussion with the Nets. They came to this agreement in the joint statement. But Adam Silver waited, waited to see what would take place, and now has come out and said it, it has not been satisfactory as far as he's concerned. So I don't think it's over by any stretch. You know, Ian, you've been calling Nets games for, for so long, since like the mid-90s, right? So you know this franchise really well. Yeah. And I don't know if this is a, a question that's even answerable, but if you gave the Nets some truth serum and said you could go back to 2019, and if you had a do-over, do you think they would want both Kyrie and Kevin Durant to come to the Nets? Like, do you think they would have chosen the path they were on, which was a team that, granted, was not a title contender, but one that was cohesive, likable, uh, and yeah. one that was really like, it seemed like a very together unit. Yeah, I think knowing what I know, having done the games now for, for 29 years with this team, I think there's a part of the organization that really liked the relevance and the fact that 
They finally were being talked about on a national scale. and People cared about the Nets, and attendance went up, and there was a buzz around the franchise and around the team. But what they didn't bargain for is being under the microscope more than any other year in franchise history. And with that comes a great deal of scrutiny, and that's what they're facing right now. Uh, you can't just go hide under a rock. You can't just uh, go about your business and hope that it goes away. With all of the fanfare and the buildup also comes a lot of attention and more attention than they've ever had in, in their franchise history. So I know what you're saying. Uh, I think if, if given a choice, yes, they'd love to avoid the drama. But they also liked the idea that they were considered a factor, that they were actually in conversations, which they had not been in previous years. It's it's a paradox, but the obvious answer is uh, they, they certainly didn't think it was going to turn into this. Yep. So I and I I'm a former Vince Carter super fan. So I watched you and Mark Jackson do every Vince Carter, I have to say, you were the funniest broadcasting duo. I would tell people all the time, it was like a stand-up routine. Especially if the game got away, I would be so psyched. Uh, and you've had so many great partners. All right, I have to ask a broadcasting question. Would you be looking forward to it if you were assigned Tom Brady? Do you think he's going to be fun to do games with? Because right now he seems a little serious for me. I don't know yeah. how he translates as a football broadcaster. You know, I think back to production meetings that we had, and, and I had him his, his first year as a starter. Literally, I think it was his second start, his first start at home, if I remember correctly, and it was uh, the Patriots and the Chargers. I think Doug Flutie was coming back home, the Natick Mass, and that was like our headline that Flutie returns to the state of Massachusetts, and Tom Brady actually leads them back, and they win the game in overtime, and that was the beginning of the run when he replaced Drew Bledsoe. So he comes into that production meeting. I don't know a whole lot about him. Obviously, you just read through the media guide, and we're talking about 20 years ago. And I was impressed. I liked the guy. He had an affability. He was smiling. He was upbeat. You know, did he, did he give us 12 things to go with in, in the game? No. I think at that point, he was just trying to feel his way. Every year that went by... He got better and better and mm. better in those sit-downs to the point where he emerged to me as the best guy that we talked to once Peyton Manning retired and a few other guys that were very good at it. So if I'm using that as a basis, I think he's really interesting. He obviously has a ridiculously high football IQ, and I do think he has a playful side that he shows occasionally. You know, is it a bit scripted because it's it's uh, manufactured through his people and his company? Yeah, but it's in there. So to answer your question, Andrew, I I think he has a chance to be really good at this. And I think if given the right set of circumstances, and if it is Kevin Burkhart that he's working with, that could be the perfect partner for him because Kevin doesn't require the spotlight and will do everything in his power to make sure that Tom is well taken care of. We're not there yet, and who knows if we'll ever get there, but I'd be really curious to, to hear Tom in the booth, and I do think he can be an interesting listen. I think that Tom Brady doesn't get – he gets so much credit for everything. Here's one thing he doesn't get credit for. He's a great swearer. 
Like he drops curse words at the perfect time. And I wish like the FCC would just lighten up on every Brady broadcast and like just allow him to drop like three F-bombs a game. Like nothing crazy over the top. It's not going to be like, you know, Artie Lang stand up, but just like three F-bombs a game would be awesome. Yeah, and, and I should add, Dan Fouts worked in the Bay Area. He was a local sports anchor at KPIX when Tom Brady was coming through high school, San Mateo, and did a sit-down with him, and it ended up being a walk-and-talk, like one of those interviews where the cameraman goes 20 feet ahead and then shoots them walking down the street together and then walking around the track together. And Dan brought the video to us one of the years and wanted to show it to Tom and did. And Tom obviously loved it. He remembered it. He's talking to a Hall of Famer, so it meant a great deal to him back then. And I do think Tom opened up a lot in our production meetings because of Dan. He just felt really comfortable. So if he can get to that place on television where he just feels comfortable, I think it's going to be great for the viewer. I really do. Okay, Ian, last one for you, and this is probably going to be the most important question we're going to ask you in this interview. Now, obviously, Jim Nance, very famous for giving his tie to the most outstanding player of the tournament. Are you going to give, like, a shoe or something? Like, what have you decided? I mean, how do you top that? What what are you going to give the most outstanding player? Oh, yeah. Uh, You know... uh... Cufflinks are nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's a nice uh, gesture. How about a Starbucks yeah, gift card. Oh, maybe? Starbucks gift card is a yeah. good one. Maybe yeah. a scented candle. Yeah, candles, candles. <laughs> I don't know if you saw Bull Durham. I think yeah. Candles make a very nice gift. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not go that direction. <laughs> yeah. no, maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, yeah, I I'm gonna have to ponder that one. I, I have some time. Yeah, there you go. Be like, uh, I'd like to hand you all my notes from the from the entire tournament. This has been a month worth exactly. worth of notes. And then they'll they'll just shred them. But at the end, they're like, oh, thanks so much. Uh, I think I'm good. Yes, thank you, uh, Ian. Again, congratulations. We are uh, an Ian Eagle fan club. Again, just posing as a sports talk radio show. Uh, thank you, and good luck in what is the busiest one of the busiest times of your year. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. Yep. Yep. Off if I say against the grain on television, I'll think of you. You better oh, say. Yes. Al Michaels says it four times a game, so not to put any pressure on you. <laughs> I can't promise that, but I do use it. <laughs> awesome, Love buddy. It. I'll Thank see you, you Sunday in the full makeup. So uh, just tell yeah, the security no, guards. I'm, I'm going to tell them I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, we're putting you in the open, Maggie. There you're you right. go. I love yeah. it. Thank you, I. All right, that was great. Ian Eagle is the absolute best. Coming up, Perloff and I. Oh, you know what's coming up? I do not. A little Maggie's top five. Quarterbacks of the moment, but this one with a very big twist. You're going to love this. I guarantee it. Uh, Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio, CBS Sports Network, Sirius XM Channel 158, and the free Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.